did it do? Hey, everybody, and welcome to Hey, Lordo. what's this place still doing open? We didn't know. We, I, we forgot to close the door when we left. It's season two, Sean. Season two of Lord. This is the second one. We've got two of them now. I can't believe we're already... This is going to be our 21st episode. We're old enough to drink. Cheers. <gasps> oh my god, this is the first time. I can now be drunk at work podcasting. Mm, living your best life. <laughs> Hell yeah, oh dude. God. I guess if it's season two, we should probably reintroduce ourselves. Sean, who are you? I refuse. Josh, who are you? Okay. Well, I'm Josh, <laughs> a.k.a. the governor, uh, and I do D&D stuff on podcasts and Twitch. You know what? That did look fun. I'll do it now, too. Hi, I'm Mr. Chicken Ants, otherwise known as Sean. I'm on the welcome in most of the time, although my, my social medias are pretty dead. <laughs> <laughs> what a ra- what a plug. Nah, don't look at my don't look at my social hey, media. Do That's where I find pride and joy. Yeah, go elsewhere. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so excited to be back. I missed you. Sean and I haven't talked to each other since the last podcast was recorded. It's yeah. I told him we need to keep it authentic. Don't fucking talk to me. Yeah. And then I played Cyberpunk. For three or four weeks for over 40 hours to be fair i've literally fallen off the grid because world of warcraft uh, which is now dating this podcast just released its most recent expansion and all i do is it didn't just release it that was like a month ago there's still climbing that tower i'm still still climbing the tower this is really interesting stuff for our viewers to hear about he's still aggro and trash and getting his whole raid party killed anyway josh this I, is i'm down. suspicious that you were we you secretly the world play world of warcraft your audience very years sean secretly plays no world one heard warcraft. what josh said because i edited it away <laughs> <laughs> i hold too much power on this you show are the josh boss. the people want to know today of all days this being a very special day yeah um, the fourth day of the year. <laughs> what are we talking about today? In the new year, new season, new you, new me. Well, in the new year, new season, we're gonna do we're gonna do two things on this wonderful podcast of ours, aka nothing has changed. Hey. <laughs> we are going to first talk about building a BBEG, which is pretty <gasps> exciting and fun. Uh so we're gonna do that. And Ooh. then we're going to answer a question from our amazing audience. We're super excited about this one. It is a really good question. So stay tuned for that in the second half. But Ooh. first, we're going to do our BBEG building. So we're going to specifically like build a BBEG, a new one for the world, from the ground up. Because we've done some BBEGs. For our world. Yeah, for our world. We've done some kind of BBEGs organically through things that have happened in the lore's like the world's lore potential bbebgbbs yeah like we got elfin shelf you know we've got greek and and we've got the god of nature so we need to build a bbeg um okay i recently just spoke on a very good podcast by a friend oh, of ours. yes sean's been on this podcast as well you guys should check it out the crit stop yes uh, fantastic work there and we're so talking far, about the same topic three episodes commune me and josh all talking about different topics it's very uh, good also commune another great podcast go check it out mm-hmm. the dm essential kit, kit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. good stuff on sean's me. been on that i've been on i have not been on communes oh, i've been on crit stop oh, commune hates me he's despised me since we met commune he's told me he's told me so if you're listening can you send uh 
Lord Dump questions and email asking <laughs> Sean to be on your no, podcast. No, 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 no. Commune, we've we've uh, handled it out. Commune just despises me so much. Is that he, I really get that vibe every time <laughs> when you're like when we're hanging out and Commune like is laughing hysterically at something you've I've done said. this man a disservice. He's done nothing wrong to me. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a, a great person. <laughs> I shouldn't besmirch him like this. He's, he's fantastic. Like, Go listen to the, the DMs. Such a kid. Man on the planet. God, we got derailed again. Anyway, we were talking about BVEGs the, the other day. Friday and the welcome in. Do, 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 do. Wait, no. Wrong intro. Uh, yeah. The villains. Villains. Josh, what, Josh, give me, give me, give me, give me the pointers. Give me the Josh pointers that you may have summed up on another podcast, but let's give them here on this one. Oh God! What, to... what is a what is a bad guy? What is a villain? What does a classic villain look like to you? I mean, BBEGs can manifest in so many freaking ways, uh, and you know, there's some there's a lot of hot takes on the internet about BBEGs. Like uh, XB to level three recently was saying, like they shouldn't be too nuanced because the party wants to feel good killing them. I kind of disagree with that point. Uh, fair, I like nuanced villains a lot because they're a ton of fun to play as a dungeon master. But villains have to have a lot of thought put into them. And the reason that I find them to be most important is because ultimately they really become the driving factor for your party to do what they are doing. They set the tone of the campaign, the theme of the campaign. They are a main reason for the party to continue to pursue whatever it is they are pursuing. And that's what I hmm. find personally. That's that's why I find villains crucial. Why do, why do you find villains crucial, Sean? I mean, most of what you said... Uh, it pretty much just adds conflict to the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, to that point of not making them nuanced, I don't, I don't think that's good at all. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that one. I think your villain should a hundred percent. No villain should ever just be I'm evil because evil is evil and I'm evil. Yeah. That's and just bad. A lot of the time, you could. I like to do both. A lot of the time, there's some sort of big thing, world threatening thing in the far, far distance. Yeah. There are a lot of people or entities that work for that thing that the party are going to come in contact long with long before that thing, whatever that is, is even defined necessarily. Yeah. So like it's you can you can have both. Yeah, I kind of I I was recently listening to a YouTube video on that and I was like I I kind of disagree with that point. I think that nuanced villains are some of the best part. And nuanced villains are a lot easier for the party to genuinely despise yes because they have this twisted view of reality whereas you know most people wouldn't see things that way it's like oh i'm trying to kill people and destroy the world to make it a better place it's like that is insanity what you just said yeah you are a crazy person it's so vile which is better than just i'm gonna burn everything because fuck you, I'm evil. And the party's like, oh, okay, well, this guy's easy to kill because I hate him. Everyone should hate him. That's really one of my, it kind of segues into another thing that I like to consider, which is how relatable is the villain? Exactly. Yeah, I really like my bad guys to be relatable. (laughs) Heckin' relatable. Even even if it's not for the player characters, for the players, you know? Like, the players can look at it. Like, there's a meta element to villains. Your your players have to buy in to the villain. They have to find the villain, but also, unless it's like, you know, the classic evil necromancer lich that lives in a tower and uses the undead, he's got to have people working with him. Yeah. 
If no one can see what this guy's point is, no one's going to work with him, and he's just going to be a lonely dude. I genuinely believe, like, and this is really nihilistic of me, but the greatest evil is man itself, and all wow. of my villains like <laughs> tend to like... Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. It's like, it is... There are these like, huge fantasy evils, but the like the most realistic and um, disturbing evil can be done by the humanoids of the world. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, the reasoning a person did something is usually more evil than like a Tarask. Yeah, Tarask is just a big dumb monster that smashes shit. Yeah, Tarask can be like the final you know fight, but someone brings it there for a reason. Yeah. It is why deities tend to be good BBEGs because they have the element of being both monstrous titanic creatures and cognizant enough to be scheming and Machiavellian. Yeah. But you don't want to throw your party immediately up against a god because they will go, what the hell am I going to do? Mm -hmm. But I will say having like uh, one of the demon princes or one of the lords of the nine hells be a villain is more towards that oh you're just evil because you're evil evil yeah exactly the same with Tiamat. yeah like they're you categorized as evil yeah yeah there's nothing against that but it's just i don't know saying it it can only be that way is a little bit ridiculous in my eyes yeah i think sean and i come from very very similar places in this regard <laughs> yeah very similar um so those are those are kind of like things i like to consider when making a bad guy there's a whole bunch of other stuff. I like, like, I've I said this on the podcast, uh, the crit stuff. I like my bad guys to scale with the party, to show progression and characteristic and trait. Like, I like to see them change and develop. Uh, mm -hmm. Or bad guys. Um, I think one of the most crucial things is introduction. And really, we can't show people how to really effectively introduce a villain to a campaign, because that's on the DM. Yeah. But you need to make a splash with a villain. They need to do something that truly makes them the nemesis or the enemy of the party. Also keep in mind, your party could be evil and your villain could be a good guy. It's not like, it doesn't, atypically the, the chaotic good, chaotic evil, neutral good, lawful, all that crap, throw it out the window when you're thinking about villains. It's irrelevant. Alignment is... You should be able to think about it from the villain's perspective and say, okay, he is the good guy in this story. His justification. Yeah. Yes. In his in his warped mind, he should be the good guy at all times. Yeah. That's why I think, you know, those nuanced villains and the ones that have an actual idea and goal and are trying to help in some way are the better villains because I don't know, I always want the party to think, is this guy wrong? Is this guy doing the wrong thing? Because it's like what he's doing sounds fucking fine. Yeah, it's great, especially in he's a long doing it wrong. running campaign. I think mm -hmm. you know one shots. It's evil to like make your guy with the top hat and the curly mustache who's <laughs> like always yeah. British. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's got a British always accent. Very posh. Yeah, very posh. Very evil. Ties ladies to railroad tracks. Like we yeah. hate that dude. That's fun in a one shot, but for a campaign, the villain needs staying yeah. power. And your villain needs to be able to escape. God, I cannot. That stress is probably that your villain should, for the first few times it meets the party, like the main villain end game bad guy, should be at least three or four levels higher than the party at all times. 
And you like should have way an exit more plan. powerful. You should absolutely have an exit plan. Your villain, oh, yeah. when you set up an encounter with your villain, you should think like the villain. Um, it should be able to kill them instantly, but not view them as a threat enough to do it. Yeah. That should be where your mindset is when they first meet this guy or girl or person. Individual, yeah. And <laughs> villainous is non-binary. It's a it's a tricky line to walk because you simultaneously do not want your party to feel completely hopeless against this individual. And that is something that is tricky. Like you don't want to generate apathy towards events in your campaign. Once in a while, like, you know, stumping folks is fine, but success also needs to be an element of things. So you've got to be, it's got to feel fair or genuine or legitimate uh, in mm. a way. Now that doesn't mean I you have say, to roll your villain over. Well, I will say they shouldn't, consistently experience hopelessness yes agreed but having them experience hopelessness and that like helpless feeling at least once facing this thing can be very helpful yes and i know we hate to do this but we do it all the time so i'm gonna do it anyways look at critical role with vecna the first time they fought vecna it went real bad it went very horrifically bad for them they felt hopeless but they got over it. Yes. And, and then getting over it's important. Yeah. And that balancing act is, again, real tricky because you you have to. So you have to be really intentional where you apply that pressure and where you don't because the consistent hopelessness is not good for the table. Mm-hmm. In my personal experience, like yeah. it's problematic. So you want them to feel like the heroes that people came to the tabletop to be. Um, yes. That's why they're there. If you're just running circles around them because you're Machiavellian and have all the rule sets, that's not fair on them. I mean, yeah. You you have a rule set on your side that, you know, you can just throw things out the window whenever you want. So it has to still feel fair. That being said, your villains got to get away. They they have to, whether it's beating your bad guys or slipping through their fingers, excuse me, your good guys or slipping through their fingers, whatever it is, your villain should have an exit strategy. Okay. So, all of these ideas and pre-work and mm. discussion, what do we want our actual villain to be in our world? Let's start building our guy. Yeah, that's really girl, important. We should do that. Or a non-binary individual. Um, I want I want this to be a really tangible villain, like something that can be dropped in the world and interacted with with the party. I think a lot of our kind of bad guys in the canon thus far have been very amalgamous, large, greater threats. I want to make somebody who's a little more, um, a little more in the biz. You know what I mean? They're going to see them. They're going to interact with them. Like a face they'll know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, we talked about the, the sort of group of warlocks or whatever they are that have been si- siphoning power from the husk of Emperor Elfenshelf back at the Elven capital. Like mm-hmm. somebody like that, right? Like they don't have to be the ultimate bad guy, but some sort of agent or individual that can be utilized and leveraged and interacted with. High up, but not high enough up to be watching from afar. Okay. Interesting. Like a faction agent. You want him to be a political figure. We could do political figure. That'd be way better at political stuff than I am. Am I? I don't know about that, but I'll I'll try. So we could do. Do we want to? Do we want to do in the high elf realm? 
Or you know where there are... I think they've already got their villains. You know where we haven't done it? The City of Glass. The City of Glass is this idyllic, perfect place in our minds because we couldn't help ourselves. Oh, but don't ruin the City of Glass. It's so beautiful and pretty there. Okay, but the the Soul Gate is there, Sean. What a a target for a villain. What a target. I know I'm the worst. I'm a terrible person. I'm immediately like, what's beautiful and how can we break it? Um, well, you know what's easy to break? Glass. glass. Let's throw some rocks in this greenhouse, baby. <laughs> what if it's just a big rock that throws himself? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay, but but you're onto something there. What if their like power set is related to like earth elementals and golems and things like that? I feel like that's more of a regional threat than it is for like a big bad oh i'm saying this isn't the person this is thematically their magic just as we're kind of beginning to identify this person i'm not saying there's like rock golems that are bbeg i'm saying like this person has very earth-based powers you know what i mean Hmm. i like to give my villains an aesthetic because who the hell doesn't that's fair that's fair but if they're from the soul gate or they're dealing with the soul gate. I think they'd actually be from the hells, wouldn't they? Not a lot of earthbenders in hell. We kind of talked about avoiding being straight up from those spaces because it canonically just is like, oh, well, they're just evil. What if it's a mortal that is working in agency with the nine hells for some personal motivation, some reason? Gotcha. I'm thinking kind of the opposite of unity. Unity is striving ultimately to, you see the tiefling population dwindling as less souls are sent to the hells. What if there's an individual that believes that the tieflings are the truest forms that should be upon Toreg, and they're trying to drive the number of the souls being pushed into the nine hells to create more and more tieflings? Because they're a faction of the nine hells. They're trying to overpopulate the world with tieflings so they could farm more. Well, I think that's that's the intent of the folks on the Nine Hells. I think this individual on the mortal side believes they're doing a greater good. They're they're like, you know what? Tiefling society is perfect. How about that? Look at the City of Glass. Look at how well they do it. It's it's taking that utopia and making it slightly dystopian. You have this very well established, nice wonderful thing but there are some extremists in that space who are like this is how society should be and if there Mm -hmm. were more of this tiefling population we could force the entire world to fit to that over generations and generations as generations so this this villain so to speak wants to open the soul gate or like again grant that make the soul gate work to create more tieflings to spread the tiefling population into tuareg the nine hells is like yeah we'll support you in this because they want those souls yes so i see the intent of the villain is different to the intent of the individuals the faction in the nine hells so would you say then that they have like a right hand like helper that's essentially from the nine hells i think so or there's knowingly or otherwise they might not know it's a devil or something but it's or they're a warlock and their patron they've they've Ooh. literally done a pact a fiend interesting pact, right okay and the whole purpose of that pact is they want power to perpetuate the tiefling race across the planet for what they believe to be good reasons uh, however yeah. dystopian those reasons are 
and the fiend is like, yeah, sure. I'll help you with this. What a good idea. I because have information drives, you might want to know about. It drives souls into the nine hells. It also yeah. theoretically could cause the soul gate to open, which would grant access both ways. Oof. Ooh, that'd be good. Sorry, this is this is how I write bad guys. Welcome to it, guys. This is entirely like very sad. <laughs> this is probably gonna be a bit of a bummer episode. You're fine. <laughs> okay, so we've got great. we've got this individual. They're a warlock. They've got a pact with some entity in the nine hells that is like, we'll absolutely help you this with this. So what are some characteristics that would define this villain then? We've positioned Big surly mustache. This tiefling has a mustache. I like Big it. Big twistable mustache so we can go, yeah. Okay, I just... adore that. <laughs> Honestly, genuinely, like, like it's a really nice like hipster mustache. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, very I think we thin. just dis, we settled upon making this individual male. That's that works for me. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> twirling twirling his mustache, uh, kind of, and he genuinely is like. I think this individual is a little bit xenophobic towards the world, given his intent regarding the tieflings. Well, xenophobic to non tieflings. Yeah, that's what I mean. Tieflings from other parts of the world. That if he's a tiefling, he would be xenophobic to non-tieflings. That's that's the implication oh. there. So xenophobic is racist. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's fear of external different. Um, so okay. he yeah. he's he's xenophobic. His intent is the tieflings are superior. This is proven culturally and societally. Look at what wondrous things we've achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of the tieflings are like yo, but no man that completely is counterintuitive to our entire way of life but this one guy kind of is very passionate he speaks that patriotic language and he's drawn some specific individuals to him who are following that's there's a faction there so it's tiefling hitler it's kind of like tiefling (laughs) we just created a tiefling nationalist but he's got a full mustache not a small mustache Yes, he's got a full mustache. He's a tiefling nationalist. Um, mm-hmm. I I will say I don't know that his intent is genocide so much. No, no, no. But like he's he's got some strange ideas. He's gathering people to his side. Yeah. But most people are like, yeah, we're good. Well, and in a weird way, it's like it's generational genocide. In that, the more yes. people that die with the soul gate open will be converted to tieflings. Yes. That's his. He doesn't it's want to passive. Just, yeah. He wants to slowly turn the entire planet to tieflings. It's like terraforming, but with people. Yeah. It is literally humanoid terra- terraforming. That's exactly okay. it. Okay. Interesting. And so he's like, this is, I'm not killing people. I'm not murdering people. I mean, if I have to, I suppose, maybe to get the soul gate open or to position myself politically to spread my message. Uh, then I will, right? And that's where that's why he has interests in the glass city, in the world, right? He needs to position himself to spread his message. That's part one. Mm-hmm. And he needs to be able to get to the soul gate to get it open. That's part two. Those are his two primary objectives. Okay. So hmm. I'm almost picturing like you get into the campaign and you get news that there are so many fucking tieflings being born over here but anyways let's get to this yeah 
It's well, almost it, like a not a problem, but it's just like, man, there's a crazy amount of tieflings that are being born recently. Well, I, I'm thinking because we've kind of established that there aren't that many. So there's there's a couple of things that really need to be set up is like the tiefling population has not been growing because the soul gate has been closed, right? That's yes. Unity's whole thing. And this has been established for hundreds of years. So a DM would need to introduce that concept before adding in these other concepts. But the the conflict would come into there is and in there's a political faction that is perpetuating this concept that the soul gate needs to be open. And they can be actively pursuing that and politically okay, so pursuing. it's not already open. It's not open, right? Because we gotcha. had kind of established that. The soul gate has been closed. So okay. that's the big drive, right? That's that's the conflict there is if the party aligns with this arc, they have to keep the soul gate from being opened. And that allows it to amplify. That allows the story to go forward, right? Because either they're coming up against this individual with all of these powers and these actions in the city of glass and they're interacting across a lengthy campaign and it comes to the end and either they stop him or he succeeds and now they have to contest with the soul gate being open what does that mean right this is actually and we keep going back to other things this is like (laughs) but this is like mass effect 3 it is yeah it's exactly like that with the uh, krogan and the solar or solarians solarians yeah yeah, it's Morden Kalis. Yeah, because this has been done in narratives a billion times. Like this I know, is... but once you explained it like that, I was like, oh, this is the exact same situation where it's like, all they want to do is have more of their people around and let's see less of their kids die. Yeah. But at the same time, the last time they did this, they took over half the galaxy. Exactly. Hmm, this is a dilemma I have to choose. It's I just said, fuck it, and gave them their babies. It's so morally delicious. It's so good. I it's love like, it. It's mm, like, this is this is what I live for, is these sort of like... Yeah, middle there's, ground. Yeah, there's, and that's, that, that's back to the nuance. A player or a party member could look at this and go, oh, shit. And the yes. DM could also, if the players, the beauty of this thing is the... DM can twist this whatever way. If the players go, holy shit, we kind of agree with this guy. Like the tieflings are being boned by this deal. How do we make this good for the tieflings? Like, do they figure out, do they go into the nine hells and figure out a way to create more tieflings without putting the world at risk? Right. Or do they just fully commit and open the soul gate? It could go any direction. That's... It could go any direction. And based on, depending on what information they know about how tieflings are made and how that, other person on the shoulder of this this guy who's like oh we gotta get more tieflings in here this that devil aspect is like no you really got to get it open fully there's no other way then it could it's there's like a fun back and forth dynamic you can play with and i like that and they could think they're helping and then not yes. be like there's so many different options here with this villain that's good stuff um, i i I adore this. I very much picture this individual as somebody who will do what it takes to reach their goals. So mm. passionate, somewhat xenophobic, not to a fault, not, but not but like definitely. a party of difference show yeah. up and they're like, Hey, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, They're like, no, tieflings are superior, oh, but you know, right. I use all kinds of fucks to accomplish my goals. Essentially yeah. is probably how this individual gotcha. works. Um, okay. So xenophobic, passionate, more driven ends justify the means okay or where let's talk more about what they do in the city besides be racist they need to be in a position of somewhat power for sure yeah which we've decided isn't really money based 
So the he's got man. enough people on his side where he gets elected into a position of power. There are, and those elections are done by a borough, by neighborhood, yes. in the political so structure. There are some the racist country. neighborhoods. There's a neighborhood that is very much. He's convinced at least one borough that his way of of doing things is the right way. Yeah. And they voted him onto the council. Gotcha. So there's one neighborhood that's kind of like not the best neighborhood for other races to be in. Yeah. And, you know, it's... I really like the idea of... um, You know how beautiful this whole Tiefling society is with the art and accepting and sharing? And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really Mm -hmm. like this being the extreme variant of that where you walk into this space and it is just that culture amplified a hundred times over to an extent of extremity too much yeah you know yeah it's too much uh creativity and difference to where nothing can be decided on and everything's just chaos it's constant conflict nobody the only thing the people of that borough agree upon is this figure yes that's a good sort of twist on it yeah that's that's the one and that's how the that's a good drive for the party to end up there like let's say over your campaign they start in the glass city you throw them a few quests to kind of establish their party doing things develop and explain the culture of the glass city and then they are like they hear these things about this neighborhood that's kind of like eh, we don't go around there really like it's not yeah. great things there get crazy quick yeah and then they end up in that neighborhood doing a job for somebody right and they mm-hmm. rub against this faction. They come up against this faction, which yes. introduces is this political figure. And again, you could be alluding to these things earlier, but introduces this political figure. And they get to interact with them, and then you can begin to share that individual's perspectives, which then leads into setting up this conflict with the Nine Hells and the Soul Gate and dealing with the leadership of the Glass City, both within this faction and within all the other factions of the Glass City. Now, what we've done... Hmm. It's interesting because we've made a villain. We have not made a BBEG. I think he's the man with the power to change political minds. He's not going to fight your party into submission. This is where I like to apply the progression element. He's got this connection to this warlock patron. Mm-hmm. He's accomplishing his goals. And the patron is granting him more and more power. Okay. This is where... So I like to see my villains change alongside the party. Perhaps when they introduce him, he is this guy with these goals and perspectives. But as they Mm -hmm. progress, he progresses more and more down this extreme path. Or as they thwart his attempts. Or they... Yes, he's granted more power and he gets worse and worse and worse. Where by the end of this, he is... essentially a devil himself i love that okay that's more that's how he's you... like give me more tieflingness yeah. and then I, just again flooded. that goes back to that progression element that we talked about early on the bad guy the best way to do it where you can make the bad guy relatable and engageable at early levels and at later levels is for change to happen with the bad guy yes and then the, you know they see him and the first time he's just a regular tiefling the second time these strange wafts of purple black energy seem to kind of flit from his eyes. The third time there's these stubs growing out of his back, like whatever, right? Like there's these yeah. physical changes. So you that could come along swear his horns weren't that long last time yeah, you saw him. Exactly. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that. 
now that he's building to be like an actual villain. And then you can base his power set off of a warlock, like stat him out and yeah, level him but up. There's something taking advantage of his original desire to see more tieflings. Now it's like, you've got to get the soul gate open and that's your only drive. Yeah. I like and it becomes more and more almost. crazy, more and more pulled under. He starts yeah. letting terrible fiends into this plane using mm-hmm. his magic, right? And then the party comes up against some of these huge, like, CR, you know, 16, 17 fiends, right? That are out there. Yeah. Like, so the, those are your, your, like, little bosses. The city of glass is under, like, almost devil control. Yeah. Exactly. At a certain point. And, you know, he might be able to persuade some of the other factions to begin to join him as things get worse. And, mm-hmm. like, all of these sorts of things. So he starts out like that. This is... I love it. It's perfect. That's good stuff. Okay. So we've got goals, objective, personality kind of established. Yeah. We need a name for this guy. Uh, Jason. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us on Lord Dump. Oh, do you have more to say about that? Uh, yeah, we're not going to call him Jason. We're not going to call him Jason. We're right. not going to well, call him. I tried, guys. We're we're going to make. Sorry, a... Jasons of the world. I tried to get you into the nearly. Nearly. Okay. Do we want to do a tiefling like attribute name, or do we want to name him something legit? I think there's little more tiefling than an attribute name, and this guy is the most tiefling of tieflings in his mind. So I think an attribute name would be a good idea. An attribute name. What about... One focused on, like, glory and... I mean, what about something like faith or something like that? Faith? Faith, commitment, dedication... Huh. I know that I sounds. I don't terrible. want it to be something so simple. You know what I mean? Okay. What do you What are you thinking? I don't know. I'm thinking almost counter unity. Like what would be fragmentation, counter- conflict, um, progression, progress, progress. Ooh, progress is a fucking great name for a villain. Progress. That's what we're calling this guy. This guy's name is Progress. Yes, this is Senator Progress. <laughs> oh, hey, guy. That's You're fucking good. definitely 100% evil. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. We're calling this guy. Okay, so we've got Progress. This tiefling's name is Progress. And that is so, given That's the context of this villain, that is vile. It's great. Oh, oh. That's so good. Okay, so we've got Progress. We're going to call this guy Progress. Um We've got a class for him. We've got an aesthetic for him. We've got a motif for him. We've got reasons for what he's doing. We've got a tie to the greater narrative. We've got how the party might interact with him. What's left, Joe? What's left is what... I think we can leave like what abilities he gains as he gets yeah. stronger to the DMs to come up with. Because yeah. you have to counteract your party. So yeah. Make it more specific to your... Yeah. your party's needs and he doesn't have to um, be a warlock either i just threw that out there because it ties directly yeah to... he can be like a old soldier or something but made into a devil at some point similarly fiend pick from yeah. any option man like we don't have to it doesn't have to be each fiend brings its own you know intent and and purpose and will to the table so the dm i think can pick that too i will say demons should probably be avoided 
The yes, devils. yes, it needs to it needs to be a devil. Um, yeah, because the demon is just caveat. one. You know, because nine hells is is inherently devils. <gasps> it would be abyss if we were dealing. With there could the... be another villain in the city. I just realized. Okay, tell me more. What are you thinking? Well, the demons we've already sort of talked about them having a vested interest in making sure there are no tieflings or like tieflings are completely wiped off the face of the earth that's true so that could be another that could be another villain somewhere else in the world i love doesn't that. need to be in the city but it could also have people in the city they're like they see this progress guy and they're like oh we gotta talk to the the big guy this guy's an issue yeah well, and that's very, I mean, demons are so inherently disorganized. Like, I'm picturing, like, almost this cult of yeah. tiefling death. Like, they want they want the whole race done. They want the soul gate mm-hmm. destroyed. Um, oh, my yeah. God. That's a whole other, that's a whole other episode, I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. It's beautiful anyway. i think i think we've got this guy i think, I think progression is done i think we got him we progressed enough oh that's so good well you know what that means <gasps> it's time for mail mail here's the mail it never fails it makes me wanna check the mail <laughs> <laughs> okay so our question this week oh my god it's so good it starts with it's sightless and I have a question about how disability works in the world of lore dump in Toreg. Figured you two could get a great conversation from this question. Thanks, Sightless Ninja. Thank you. Sightless is a wonderful fan and member of the Twee community. Sightless, oh, yeah. this is a fantastic question. Thank you, Sightless. Yeah. This is honestly like an episode. This is several episodes worth of. This is a, this is a very yeah. delicate question too. Yeah, it really is. This is one of those ones where we should try and find you know an expert or somebody with experience as well to speak to it better. But we'll try yes. our best to answer this question. Yes, yes, yes. Um. Ooh, it's a very delicate balance. It is. Because you don't want to completely remove the disability but you don't want to also make it an issue or make it like the focus of the character is that they're blind or that they're you know can't walk i've played characters with physical disability oh, yeah, you played rel um rel was was missing a leg uh, an amputee mm-hmm. um and there is i i i'm I am not an amputee, so I don't have the experience of somebody who is one. So there is this element of I'm making ex- assumptions of of what that looks like and what that struggle would be, and it is different for every person. Uh, I know that to be true, just having spoken with friends and, and people who are close to me, but you can't make it a trope. Um, but at the same time, it is something that exists. You don't ignore it either. Um, it needs to be acknowledged and recognized and the world also needs to do the same thing disabilities are not a trope they're not a joke they're not a bit they're not a gambit to make your character feel um more i don't know to to you know garner empathy but they are something that needs to that disability needs to be acknowledged and need to be represented appropriately uh and how do you present the difficulties the struggles 
uh, and overcoming those struggles. It's such a complex topic. God, I'm rambling. I know a little bit. But... Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, I don't know. It all depends on how you balance it out between making sure the disability is recognized, but not so detrimental that the character can't do anything. Um, because that's not what disabilities are. There's so many options on how to get over them. You also don't want to make it completely absent from the character too. Yeah. And, and these, these, this is real to the world. Like these things happen. I mean, there can be a world where, you know, there's magic that stitches limbs back on, but that doesn't, that doesn't account for, uh, emotional, you know, issues or anything like that. Like disability manifests in so many different ways. Um, yeah, I mean, so magic to... items can replace any sort of disability if you just, you know, explain that they do that. But it's it's respecting it at the same time. Like recently, there was that Dagon character, uh, Dagon Dagon, whatever. On, I mean, you haven't really been watching it recently, but Critical Role. Oh is yes, a yes. Character in a wheelchair, a badass. combat chair. He calls it. He's a fucking badass, and I love him. Yeah. Yeah, and you but should. It, it's. It's not the character is described as being in a wheelchair. He just does the things he wants to do, and it's explained how he does them. Yep. You know, it's never like an issue. Yeah. One, and that's what I attempted to do with Rel. You know, like there were moments Mm -hmm. that brought attention to the prosthetic um, that caused, you know, to it made things difficult or more difficult. Wow, difficult is not a word. Because adversity <laughs> exists, right? Like yes. there, there are, you know, it's like a building doesn't put a wheelchair ramp in. Like that is adversity and that is discrimination. Um, mm-hmm. And so those adversities exist in the real world and him interacting with those. But at the same time, it never stopped him. It was a part of who he was and he faced those adversities and overcame them. Uh, and I think that's crucial to, to having disability involved in your world whatever that looks like yeah i they did it really well in the dragon prince um they had the primary general of the human forces and this wonderful character who was very powerful um was mute and really and one thing that they made certain was that sign language was established and there were people who spoke sign language so that there could be interaction with that character not everybody spoke sign language so there was communication breakdowns and that's realistic but there was also an ability to communicate and an ability to embrace that person's differences uh, and and elevate them to who they are as a person they were more than than just this one trope that was placed upon them Uh, the Mm -hmm. dragon prince did a fantastic job of that Uh, interesting you also have to make sure that how you get a how you not get around it, but how you explain the accommodations for it isn't insulting, because mm-hmm. that's a huge uh, huh. problem I foresee as well. If you're like, oh yeah, they just pick your wheelchair up, it's like, well, no, excuse me, honestly, that's very insulting and demeaning to that person. Yeah, or they pick you up and carry you. It's like, well, fuck you then, actually. Um. There, you have to be very careful and maybe even talk to the player who either has that disability in real life or who is trying to uh, take on that disability. You know, talk to them about it beforehand before you actually jump into the game and start playing around with it because that's, you know, you never know who you're going to insult or upset with those sort of actions. 
I think another thing that both players and DMs need to be cognizant of is they should never affect a disability in their role play. So it's, it's akin to blackface. It is incredibly offensive to paint your face black, right? Yes. It's also incredibly offensive to people who have experienced stigma to affect a lisp or something like that. And like, these aren't things that are done intentionally or maliciously, but people look at that and they go, well, you don't have the context of living with that impediment. And now you're almost kind of tokenizing or demeaning what I've experienced by doing that. It's not that the person is necessarily doing it maliciously, but you can't walk around and like pull your sleeve in your shirt and go, look, I'm missing an arm. Like that's, that's, minimizing something that somebody yes. has to live with on a day-to-day okay, basis i see what you mean now yeah that's yeah. fucked up it's Dark messed up don't yeah. don't affect anything don't or affect like aff don't pretend to have that like in a real way because it just yes it minima it minimizes what people have to live with you can't do that you can't it's not an intentional mockery but it quickly becomes a mockery yeah and another point is sometimes one person at the table will forget about the disability, especially if you're, you know, doing the job right. It should just sort of fade. Um, it can be part of that character, but at times it can be forgotten about because it's, you know, not as overarching to the character as mm-hmm. a whole. Um, recently on Off the Rails every Friday, uh, love the welcome in. Um, we had a character who is missing an eye. Um, they were sitting at a bar, and the other person sat on the opposite side of them, attempting to do something sneaky. And me remembering that character was missing an eye, thought they were doing it so that they couldn't see it. When the player who was doing the sneaky thing forgot about it completely. Yeah. So where everyone's mindset at is in drastically different places um, a lot of the time and where you think there might be something insulting happening. It might be completely harmless from the other person's perspective. Coming from those places, treating that with grace, right? Like, like you, you had, we kind of had a little like, Oh really? Is that what you're doing? They're like, yeah. And we're like, because of this. And they were like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, they were <laughs> immediately not... apologetic yeah. and like, that's not what they were doing, but it seemed suspicious and like what they were doing. Yeah. And that's really tricky with role play. Yeah. They were oh, actually really doing tricky. it to protect another party member from a potential explosion. Yeah. So. Which is <laughs> just beautiful. Yeah. God, that's, it's such a poignant question. I really want to go back to this and like kind of do an episode. We should definitely it. do a, a different episode about this. Because this this question really was, what does it look like in the world of lore dump? And thus far, we've just talked about our perspectives we, we and talked experiences. About how it could be implemented, proving that we haven't implemented it yet. So we yeah. don't know what it looks like in the world yeah, of we've lore kinda, dump. We've... And speaking about it this right now, after what we just talked about, would almost be kind of insulting i think so yeah we should definitely take some time and think about it before yeah. we answer it's going on Honestly. the episode list though now sightless mm-hmm. thank mm-hmm. you my mm-hmm. friend hell yeah oh god that question was good so poignant. That was a good ass question our audience is so smart we do have the best audience on the internet i'll say it every time anyone asks me 100 percent, 100 percent. all right my friends well i mean you know, we've kind of, I, I, I feel like we could talk about this topic for the, another three hours, but we'll do, we'll save it for another episode. 
and instead we'll tell sean sean my friend if folks want to ask us amazing questions like sightless just asked us where do they send those questions well josh if you're asking me where they would send their questions it's to at the lore dump on instagram and twitter or loredumpquestions at gmail.com oh my gosh that's so good and if they want to watch this podcast and our prior 20 episodes or listen to it where might they go well you can listen to it on uh, uh on itunes and spotify or anywhere else your podcast needs are met you can also watch it on youtube because we're uploading our old episodes and uh, current episodes to youtube starting with these these new year episodes i believe all the other ones are up already that's the welcome in youtube right yeah at the welcome in. yes 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 sorry sorry sorry. we don't have a lord up youtube okay and we won't have a lord up youtube i'm not making one (laughs) (laughs) this is another account to chase yeah right up on the welcome in and you can find us over at twitch.tv slash the welcome in doing all kinds of dnd stuff hey oh i forgot to also mention uh both me and josh run a a campaign on the welcome in uh so if you would like to see us put our money where our mouth is on this whole world building shit you can go ahead and watch both of those campaigns on the welcome in or you can listen to their new podcasts that are coming out anywhere your podcast needs are already being met by this show as long as you listen to both of them listen to this one first all right. Well, that's my announcements, Josh. That's so good. Those are so important. I'm so excited for those podcasts. Uh, off the rails in Conundrum Company. Be sure to check them out where they're available. Faster. Faster. I assume we're done. (laughs) Well, this is deep. Like the iron saw.